Welcome to Plateau Partners Pulse. This is a podcast about the Plateau Partners BNI group. And we talk about on this podcast, business networking and ideas. And I am very excited today to be joined by Kirsten O'Malley. Did I say it right? You did. Thank God. It rhymes with first. Right. Kirsten. Right. Or worst if you're in fifth grade. (laughs) Or if it's, um, what's the movie? Um, If you're not first, you're worst. uh, Ricky Bobby. Hmm. What is that from? Talladega Nights. Yes. Talladega Nights. I'm embarrassed. I know that. I'm. It is a good movie, Kirsten. Just because you're in education doesn't mean... I don't like to admit everything on the first date. (laughs) That's true. Okay. Well, by the end of this, you're going to feel like we've been dating for a while. Hmm. I promise. Okay. So anyway, so I am joined today by Kirsten O'Malley. And Kirsten, share what your business is and what you do, please. Ah, well, I own Pacific Learning Academy, and we are this really cool, personalized, one-on-one educational service. And the reason I say that is because we kind of do a lot of things that have to do with education. About half of it is tutoring, and about half of it are high school accredited courses, which is um, kind of the fun part of what we do. It's, It's an amazing thing. I think a lot of people locally that think about PLA... Pacific Learning Academy, make assumptions that it is about the tutoring piece and needing extra help, but you really pivoted the business a while ago so that not every high schooler is meant to be in a high school. Well, not every high schooler needs to have the exact same experience, but it doesn't mean they don't they don't get to stay in high school. So the kind of the cool thing about us is that you can go to school full time or part-time or three-fourths time, and then just take that one class that's difficult for you or those two classes. And we even have students who bring all of their classes and credits on a transcript and they they graduate with us. And you can imagine with like two graduates a year, it's a pretty intimate, fun experience. (laughs) But we do have students who graduate. I think that's amazing. Uh, You know, I graduated with 34 girls from my high school. And that's, and a, that's a small number. It's a small number. There was, and we were the biggest graduating class at the time. And I will tell you that it was an incredible experience to have such an intimate education mm-hmm. and to feel like, especially as a young woman, to feel like I had the the space and the room to be heard and seen. And, you know, I, it was in some ways, Um, something that then led me to have an issue in college because I didn't realize that I had ADHD and I had other things because I had such an intimate experience that then I got to college where I was just another person. And suddenly I was like, oh, I can't do this. Yeah. You know, um, across the country, there are more and more colleges popping up that are actually meant specifically for students with learning differences, or they might have a really great program with within the college. So you might ask yourself, oh, you know, was was there something wrong with my high school experience that didn't get me ready for college? Mm-hmm. Or could you ask, what's wrong with that college that they're not um, creating something that is great for all of their students? You know, where is that college falling short? So I think that's the same question a lot of parents are asking about. Uh, junior high, high school. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. How long have you been in business? Well, I started in 2004. I hired my first um, colleague, I suppose, in 2005. And we became an accredited high school in 2011. So it's, I would say, about 15 years. Wow. Hmm. 
Now, where are you located? We're in Sammamish. We have a really nice office at the Pine Lake Professional Center. It's right there next to the Pine Lake Plaza QFC. But our students are everywhere. They're in Redmond. They're in Louisiana. (laughs) They're in uh, mostly Sammamish and Issaquah. Um, but we do have those students that are you know, traveling with their parents or live in other states or even other countries. Well, and I would imagine that, um, you know, a lot of businesses, it's word of mouth. And so yeah. I could see somebody having a great experience with Pacific Learning Academy and you refer that person to a friend or relative, whomever might be struggling. And the fact that you don't have to worry about geographical distance. So being accredited, um, that means that your student in Louisiana, you can, he or she can graduate from high school there and it doesn't have to be within Washington. Yes, absolutely. So uh, one nice thing about accreditation is that there's reciprocity. So there's five main um, entities across the United States that help schools get accredited. So um, just so parents know, if you hear of a school that is Washington state approved, don't get too excited. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but in order to have a Washington State approved school, you need to have uh, handicap accessible bathrooms and um, you need to know how to use Excel so that you can type in what you think the schedule might look like. I was so excited to talk about curriculum and, and differentiation and individualizing the classes. And they're like, yeah, how's the, what's the bathroom situation? <laughs> Oh my God. So accreditation is the important thing. And so you want to just think about that. One little interesting tidbit is one of the biggest school districts in our area, which I know and love and support financially as well as otherwise, is the Issaquah School District. Mm -hmm. They're not accredited. So you might wonder, hey, what's that about? Well, they're a big district and they have a lot of internal controls and that helps uh, keep them, um, you know, they really care. Obviously, they really care about kids. Sure. They're able to uh, grow and self-reflect, all those things that we're asked to do as a part of accreditation. So a lot of parents are surprised to hear that. I'm surprised to hear that. I've got kids and and a daughter that is a teacher in the Isco School District. So mm-hmm. that's an interesting thing to learn. Yeah. And in addition to tutoring and then obviously the, the high school portion where people can be students, you also do uh, test prep. We do reluctantly, but we do it. (laughs) I probably shouldn't say that, but it's not that we're not great at it. Because honestly, I think we're amazing at it. But my philosophy is probably on the opposite end of the standardized test spectrum. But I know that our students need to do it if they want to get into the school of their dreams. Now, a lot of schools have gone test optional. Mm -hmm. and That's lovely. Um, And I wish there were more schools like that. But for those kiddos who they've got to take either the SAT or the ACT. And since 2007, they can take either one. There's no school that's demanding one over the other. Um, We have a diagnostic comparison test, and that helps them see which test will actually be best for them. And then that really reduces money and time spent on prep. And they don't have to do prep with us. They can go somewhere else. But we love that this you know, test has this report that they can shop around, right, <laughs> get right. the best deal with, with tutoring. And yeah. see what makes sense for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, you know, you and I have talked about these kinds of things. We're very like-minded, you know, with my kids. Most of what I do is by mistake and then it's a happy accident. But, you know, 
with each of them, I was like, okay, so you're going to go take the SAT and you're going to go take the ACT. And I'm going to give you two sharpened pencils and a calculator and eggs for breakfast. And you're going to have a good night's sleep. And that's all the prep I'm going to have you do. And you're going to get a raw score and you're going to see how you do just to get a sense of it. And, you know, they'd get their raw score and I'm like, great. And then I would have them take it again because familiarity is Mm -hmm. important. And then after that, it was like, are you content with your score? Are you not content with your score? And if they wanted to do something more, then I made sure that it was kid driven. And if they didn't, I was like, great. I don't want to spend the money (laughs) and I don't want to have to nag you. I don't think you're off track to tell the truth. If you were a mom that I didn't know and you called and said, what do I do? Which we get, you know, those phone calls all day. I would say, sounds like you're on track. The only thing I might tweak on that is why did you waste two entire Saturdays that poor kid? They could have been doing something else. Because they weren't doing chores. (laughs) Well, I guess if they're not making their bed, they might as well take the SAT. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I, I, like I said, a lot of the parenting choices that I make, it's like, well, this worked and like, we're going to have you do a raw score. And then like, as I said, I was kind of like, well, now you know what to expect and let's see if there's any difference. Well, before that diagnostic comparison test, absolutely. That was the only way to do it. And now you have this cool all-in-one experience. It is four hours. You take it on a Saturday morning, you get your test. We give you the report. We tell you exactly what your scores might be if you had taken either one of those tests. And we help you decide which one you're going to bother with going forward. Definitely, you're not going to want to prep for both. That's such a waste of time. Prep for one, do well on one. It makes so much more sense. Yeah. See, I, I didn't know about you at the time. That's okay. That's fine. So there are a lot of other things that I want to get into, but I'm going to segue right ahead to how long have you been in BNI? I think I joined in 2007. Wow. So, I mean, so yeah. right at the beginning. Of it was just just a couple of years after I got started. And I'll I'll tell you the number one reason is that I was starving for colleagueship because it was me in my guest bedroom <laughs> working away. <laughs> and I was doing most of the teaching myself back then. So I was, you know, 30 hours of student contact time and then a few more hours of managing other teachers. I really wanted to talk to some adults just a little bit. BNI uh, connected me with the world <laughs> of adults. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And um, so given that, what do you appreciate about BNI generally? BNI feels like a little card that you might write down all of the, the best things in life and then you just put that in your back pocket. And then as you saunter around town and you have a question, you just reach in, you pull out that little card and your answer is right there. So uh, I know my team for growing my business, almost all of them have come from BNI, my entrepreneurial coach, marketing, graphic design, signage. I mean, it goes on. Oh, my lawyer, my business insurance. And it's because I got to know these people and I saw their integrity. Of course, I was telling everybody else about them, but I I wanted the best as well. And so that's what it's been for me. Just a a really great fountain of wonderfulness, especially as a business owner. Mm -hmm. What about our um, chapter in particular? Um, So Plateau Partners has always had uh, more of a feel of family to me. I have visited quite a few other chapters and they're so nice and they're nice to each other. And mm-hmm. so it's a, a great model, but our particular chapter has always had that extra step uh, friendship. People are open, extending a hand. Um, 
they want to know you. I really like that. Mm-hmm. And I also, um, I also <laughs> was also kind of amazed at one point about, you know, 20% of our business was coming directly from BNI. So they also are out there hustling for you and, and working for you. Cause there, there's a lot of people that are out there with pain, pain points, and they would never have found us for such a tiny little school. So it's really great to have just kind of that extra uh, layer. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of members that when they are, you know, it's, it's not an insignificant investment if you're a small business owner to mm-hmm. to join and pay dues and those kinds of things. And so when a lot of our members are looking at, should I continue to keep this going? And they look at the numbers of what comes from B&I, from, you know, tier one, tier two, and so on. They're like, yeah, how do I not? Because yeah. so much comes from it. Well, every year you have to make the decision or every two years. So am I going to continue doing this? Well, we've been in since 2007. I'm obviously making decisions about this based on numbers as as well as that colleagueship. Mm-hmm. So the words like no and trust have been drummed into all of our minds um, as part of the BNI culture. What are three words that you would say are associated with you and your business? Hmm. Well, probably the number one is helpfulness. And that's both how I feel and what what our families are saying. So, you you know, they'll give testimonials. They'll say, hey, this worked out really well. So I love that. Um, trustworthiness. There's a lot of different places out there and they're not, families are not really sure that they are understanding exactly what's going on behind the scenes. And, and we let them know. Um, maybe genuine, genuine. <laughs> the Can you tell I grew up in a cabin with no. <laughs> far away from, <laughs> from people speaking English? <laughs> no, I just kept thinking, like, isn't genuine the singer that's from Matt? Um, what's the, I haven't seen the movie actually. Um, Magic Mike. Yeah. Well, I have a funny story about this, actually. So I did grow up in a cabin in a rural area of Alaska. Uh, No running water, single mom. Um, It was, I think on the outside, it probably looked tough, but I was having a blast. It was actually not that bad for me personally. And I was a voracious reader. The thing is, I I wasn't reading out loud. Nobody was correcting my pronunciation. So fast forward to about the year 2002, and I am tutoring someone in SA, SAT prep. And we're kind of going through the SAT words. You know how they have the flashcards? Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so there was a couple of words that the student had to gently tell me I was pronouncing wrong. And I had been all these years. I mean, since early 70s. So <laughs> one of them uh, was taciturn or, or taciturn, oh. as we like to say. Wow. <laughs> so everyone's a student. But every once in a while, that will come out that, that I grew up like that. So. See well, it on the page. I, mm-hmm. I think that that's, you know, that's such an important thing. And, you know, to continue to be a, a learner and to open to learning. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I think, a hallmark of a good educator. You know, you're not done learning. So um, as is my tradition, I'm going to add my own words because I've done this with every episode. I would say um, you're creative because to think outside the box and to really find a different way to connect with kids and make sure that they value education, I think that is huge. And then I would bring in there, um, there's an empathy then, because not everybody learns the same way. And before learning differences became such like a buzzword and this idea and appreciating that everyone 
learns in a different way, you knew it and you did something about it. Mm -hmm. So kudos to you. Wow. Thank you. Tell me something about you that maybe your clients don't know. Like, I don't know, living in a cabin that didn't have running water. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't even the one I was thinking of. I, I was thinking, um, probably that I recorded a demo album in Japan and, and had to, um, had to make the decision. Did I want to be a singer songwriter in Japan? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Or come back and do my master's degree in teaching. And I, I chose master's degree. (laughs) Okay. I'm thinking of how I met your mother and the character that's like Robin. And she's like, was a like recovering pop star from Canada. And I'm having this vision that like Kirsten O'Malley is like a recovering pop star in Japan. I wouldn't say pop star, but I was busking in front of Ikebukuro station and I had just made $26. (laughs) I was very proud. (laughs) And I noticed kind of a strange guy looking at us through the trees, pulling the leaves apart to kind of look, check us out. We thought, oh, alert, very strange person after our lab. (laughs) It turned out he was a music producer. And so I, um, eventually we recorded a demo, actually went back to Japan, um, for that, but I lived in Japan for about three years. And so all of that happened literally in the last like three months of my three years there. So amazing. You could have been the jewel of Japan. You know, I could, I could have been, but not likely when we did the demo, I came in, I was so proud, you know, and I came in with my guitar and the first thing they did was very gently take the guitar away from me. So wow. singer, songwriter, yes. Guitar player, not so much. That's amazing. Okay, that's, I, you might win for the most random thing. I'm still thinking about, like, you're the jewel of Japan from Alaska, living <laughs> like she was on out of her car. You weren't, but, you know, <laughs> like, wow, okay. Um, share, I frequently ask question that, you know, uh, you get asked a lot. Yeah. A lot of families want to know, how do we, how do we match the instructor with the student because we 100% guarantee that match, right? So we know it's a big investment of time for the student. It's a financial investment for a family. How do we make sure it's going to work? So the way that we do that is that we meet every family, we meet every student, and then we think about who the right match is. So there's, um, there's quite a few teachers who work for us. We know all of them very personally. They all go through our, our training. We're in touch with them every day. So it's a pretty small group. There's not random people off the internet or anything like that. And um, although that is a business idea that a few <laughs> no, people like, have taken to the end. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. No creepy men looking through the trees. <laughs> no. So um, the nice thing about this is that because, you know, we were going to people's homes, we we're sitting at their kitchen table, really talking about what is going on in that one class or happening at school in that um is it homework? Is it tests? Is there something going on for the student that has nothing to do with school? Like we really get to know that student and we share all of that with the teacher in advance with a plan for the program. And then we 100% guarantee that the student likes their instructor. And there's just no shame at all. If the student says, Hey, you know, they were really nice, but uh, I don't think it's quite the right fit. Mm -hmm. And we just say, Let's talk about it. Let's find you the right fit. And I think that's really the the beauty of our program. And then we don't we don't charge anybody until we know it's the right fit. So it's 
I think it's nice for families too to not feel like they have to pay for six months of tutoring and then just be stuck or trapped. And that's one thing I don't ever want to be is stuck or trapped. So I don't want my clients to feel that way either. That's a huge thing. Um, okay. And I have a ton of other things that I want to talk about, but we'll talk about that in a big <laughs> part of the interview. Um, what's your favorite curse word? I don't think you're going to have to bleep this one. It's feather mucker. No, it's not. Like, really? That's what you say? Yes. <laughs> what? Like, what do you mean, really? <laughs> I mean, I say mother trucker. So this is your version. I, I love it. A, a friend of mine says it. I don't know where he got it, but I, I copied him about, you know, 20 years ago. So I've been saying feather mucker ever since. So Although funny. when I was six years old, I had a babysitter who used to drive us around. And every time she got really mad on the road, she would scream out, hot dog. And so then when my mom came to pick me up, <laughs> she mentioned something about hot dogs for dinner. Scandalous. Because I knew that, that was a very bad word. Because just the way that it had been said, said in the car. Oh my gosh, early. that is So funny. really, anything can be a swear Occur- word. Well, yeah. that's just it. Yeah. You can just replace. Um, I think Justin, when he was on the podcast, he talked about that. That really, if it's a substitute, it's still a curse. So That's right. Well, okay. On... Um, <laughs> With that, we're going to take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk more with Kirsten O'Malley of Pacific Learning Academy. And we are going to talk more about the school and the different things that make them so unique and um, amazing for their students. We'll be right back with Plateau Partners Pulse. In a big classroom, it's tough to get the customized learning experience that could make all the difference. Sometimes students just need a little help, and sometimes they could use a customized course built around their interests and goals. Pacific Learning Academy specializes in all subject tutoring, middle school, and high school courses. Each lesson is one-on-one with an instructor that gets to know your student and how they learn. Find us on the web at pacificlearningacademy.com. Welcome back to Plateau Partners Pulse. I am here with Kirsten O'Malley of Pacific Learning Academy, also known as The Academy. (laughs) And how did this idea of having this kind of an educational opportunity or, or option, where did this come from? I've had so many people ask me that over the years. And for a while, I just thought, I have no idea. It just seemed like the right thing to do at the right time. And then recently I had, uh, I just remembered something from when I was in fourth grade. I, it's a little bit of a traumatic story or it was at the time, but I was horrifically burned as a child. So um, at third degree, I even had a spot of fourth, which I had never heard of before. (laughs) Exactly. And uh, it was, it was a tough deal. So it was right at the end of fourth grade. And as a part of this experience, I was of course not in school. And as I was recuperating and, and trying to get healthy enough to come back to school, although of course I was Praying I wouldn't have to because so close to summer vacation. (laughs) (laughs) But we had this this lady come to the house twice a week. So she brought me my work. She kind of answered any questions I had. She took my work away. And in two hours a week, I was able to pretty much do the entire fourth grade curriculum at a level higher than what I had been doing before. This experience ruined me. Because oh, yeah. you could imagine I here I was an, uh, you know, an introverted kid who was so, so about school, but a high achiever in other ways. I was going to say highly intelligent, but not. I would but not much rather read 
book so that I could pronounce the words wrong later because I said them out loud. It makes so much sense. <laughs> nice thing about this experience, though, was that I, I really saw how efficient it was to work one-on-one. And so after that, I remember saying to my mom, like, why, does, why do people go to school all day, every day? day when you can get more done just working one-on-one. So this was an idea that was planted in the late 70s. (laughs) And then another experience I had was um, after I had come back from Japan, I was substitute teaching and then I was hired on as a permanent teacher at my old high school. Fairbanks, Alaska. And I remember I was so excited that one day I thought, oh, I'm going to go into the teacher's room. (sighs) And I felt kind of like, oh, am I allowed? Right. What goes on back here? Oh, you know what goes on in there. It's like major collaboration and colleagueship. They're sitting around talking about like deep uh, issues about education. Of course. Right. So then I opened the door you know, one of the older science teachers is snoring on the couch. I see the broken Coke machine. There's nothing. There's nothing going on in the teacher's room. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. about the kids. <laughs> there might have been. There might have been. There might have been some of that. Mm-hmm. But I still had so much joy working in the classroom. But most of that joy was the students who wanted to come and work with me after school one on one. And a lot of them were really having some struggles, partly because the teacher that I had replaced was, you know, had some issues. (laughs) And then I had this other student who uh, was taking Spanish one with me during the day. I was teaching him Spanish two in the afternoon, sort of off the charts Mm -hmm. gifted. So that one-on-one was allowing him to skip an entire year just by working with him after school two or three times a week. And he did two years. He did two years in one. I love that. And that's exactly what we do at the Academy. So that was my first experience with seeing that, how powerful that was for the student who was struggling and the student who was really being held back by the system. Right. It's those outliers that, you yeah. know, so often we work teachers, with the bookends. Teachers have to um, teach to the common denominator. And, you know, and that can be really frustrating for kids. And I think a lot of kids that present as kids that are having difficulties with school, really, they're so gifted and they have so much to offer, but it's going to take a little bit more attention and time to have it come out. Absolutely. It's it's really about unlocking the gifts that you're born with and the ones that you can create. You can create gifts. And a lot of students don't know their power until they really get that one-on-one attention. So, I mean, you can imagine this is sort of a dream job for teachers. Anybody who's been in a classroom and you have, you zero in, identify a student that you know needs you, but you can't. And that's always your favorite student. (laughs) Sure. Right? Like, because that's the tough nut to crack. Yeah. And you're like, oh, by the end of the year, I am going to have that kid. Like, yeah. Well, now every student we work with is our favorite student and they get exactly what they need. So I can have five different students. uh, Let's say, you know, we, we teach calculus, for example. So I can have five different calculus students. They are covering the same curriculum. They're having five completely different experiences. So I want to talk about that. So you talked at the top of the episode that, and I, I really want people to grasp the fact that this is not like you've got, as you say, five different students that are learning calculus mm-hmm. and there's one teacher, which that's a great ratio, you know, five students, one teacher. That is no, good. no, no, folks. That's not what's happening. As you said, 
you are meeting with this student first and foremost, also listening to input from mom and dad or, Absolutely. or whoever it is, whomever our caregivers are, and you're hearing maybe what they're thinking as well. And I know this because, by the way, I too am a customer of the Slipic <laughs> Learning Academy and I know how it works. And and that's actually important because the student may tell you one thing and then the parent's like, oh, did he tell you this? <laughs> Again, I know because I've done it. And so then this idea that you find that right person that can set the pace and that can that can really work with the students individually. Mm-hmm. And as you say, five different students that you're helping with, you know, calculus one are having Mm-hmm. five different um, paces, right? Like they're not all doing it at the same time. One could finish in X yeah. amount of time. and Absolutely. I'm thinking about a student of ours that is taking geometry and avid snowboarder, completely not cool with math. Like <laughs> doesn't, does not want to. But needs have, to know. Needs to know it. Needs ge- You have to take geometry. With snowboarding too, right? Well, that's the thing. So here he is, the snowboarder. Well, now we can start um, looking at the, the angle of their snowboard jumps. And all of a sudden the student's like, yeah, that pertains to me. Now I'm a math person. Actually, just a few years ago, we had a student who informed their mom as she was taking French with us. Uh, mom, I'm, I'm kind of a French person. And the student didn't seem to remember what she said before she started, which is, listen, I'm just taking this class. Get me out of this. I just need it for college, et cetera. Right. Yeah. We have a student right now is taking algebra and his, I was just reading the reports actually, because we look at all the reports just to make sure things are going well. And I noticed that his teacher is um, working with time signatures with him to understand just basic proportions, fractions, that type of thing. They're analyzing songs in the math class. So that never happened when I was taking math. So is music something that speaks to him? Music and math are very closely related. And so students that are having difficulty with math or have had a bad experience in the past, um, and if they are into music, this is a way of connecting. So anytime you feel emotion around, um, especially positive emotion, but really any emotion, that's going to help you learn. So that's one way to do that. So many like bad memories about learning math. You know, with my dad sitting across yeah. the table from me and being like, what's six times nine? I'm like, I just don't know. And he's like, nine times six. And I'm like, I still don't know. And he's like, you idiot, it's the same thing. It's, a, you know, it's not that we teach a different math. We don't teach a different Spanish um, or really a different curriculum in general. It's that we are, um, we're just teaching it in a different way. It's kind of the, the how part that is different. We want to create a new experience. I remember one of my students saying, I hate Spanish. And that's, of course, my subject area. So I could have said, how dare you? Right. <laughs> Do not mock my subject area. Exactly. <laughs> but I said, oh, you can't hate a language, but you can certainly hate your experience. You know what? Let me work to change your experience. And at the end of Spanish 2, I, she had told me that she was never going to look at Spanish again. She said, do you think I should take Spanish three at school or with you guys? You know, she's thinking about it and how it's connected to her life. To me, that is the best success story. Well, and that right there encapsulates exactly what you do. You change people's experience with their education Mm -hmm. and you're able to make it so much more personal by finding the right 
teacher and making sure that the education relates to them. Because when you're invested in something that you're learning, you retain it. Absolutely. And it makes sense. So it's not just the best content, it's also the best timing. So the cool thing about us is we're seven days a week, anywhere between 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. It's whatever works for the student. We had a, a really sweet, super bright Overlake student who was also uh, becoming a master ballerina. And you know, Overlake, of course, does a wonderful job with their academics, but she couldn't do both of those at the same time at the level that she wanted to be at. So we were able to change the schedule, our schedule for her so that she could, you know, work towards um, being a ballerina. And because that's a grueling schedule. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's kind of talking about bookends. That's a student who really could have gone to any school at any time. And this allowed her to just be a part of education by design. That's amazing. Okay, we're going to take another break. And when we come back, I I also want to talk about your instructors, where you find them and, you know, you you really handpick. So that's pretty powerful. Okay, we will be right back with Kirsten O'Malley of Pacific Learning Academy. Experience for yourself the power of know, like, and trust through BNI. You'll learn more about yourself, your business, and other small business professionals through weekly networking meetings. BNI is an international networking organization that promotes giver's gain. By giving referrals to other members, you'll get the same in return, plus credibility from your clients for being a trusted partner they can rely on. To learn more, go to BNI.com. Welcome back to Plateau Partners Pulse. Uh, Again, I'm here with Kirsten O'Malley. We are talking about what a unique school that Kirsten has created as a result of that fourth grade experience that she had. And not only from your experience as a student, but as um, your experience as a teacher and really recognizing how you reacted to your situation and how other kids reacted to you giving that same really custom and um, individualized teaching. And so speaking of teaching, talk to me about your instructors. You mentioned that, you know, obviously they're all vetted and they're put through their paces and they're Mm -hmm. not the creepy guy in the trees. Um, So, you know, who who was a music producer? I know, (laughs) I know, I know, I know. Who was like a legit music. was not actually a creepy person. (laughs) At all. And, you know, again, very successful guy out there. But that is important because, you know, uh, for some reason, people care about their kids. <laughs> what? <laughs> and so do we. So that's one of the things that's been most important to me is really wanting to make sure that we are hiring just, you know, not only people who know what they're doing, but know how to do it because not everybody knows how. There's a lot of very, very bright um, people out there who, who just cannot connect with teenagers at all. But we have some minimum requirements. And so, uh, Instructors who work with us have to be degreed. So a four-year degree is a minimum. Um, Quite a few have masters. We have those with teaching certificates. We have a few PhDs on staff. So, but beyond that, once they get through that first hurdle, you know, are they someone that I would want working with my kids? You know, Mm -hmm. are they personable? Are they nice? Are they kind and gentle in a way that they might, that students might not be getting 
elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So we want to keep a lot of students on track, but we're doing that very respectfully. Students are old enough at this point that they can start being accountable for the work that they're doing, but it's hard to be accountable if everybody's constantly telling you what to do. And so instructors are working with them to kind of up, you know, just, just take one more step towards adulthood. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So they have to have participate great, in their own, their own process. Yeah. Self-advocacy is, is huge. And I remember the first time I told a student uh, what their homework was the next day. And that was, I said, well, here's the goal. We want to learn these many words. Um, how would you like to do that? They're like, wait, wait, what? Long pause. Like, aren't you the teacher? Aren't you supposed to tell me that? And I just thought, oh, we have a long way to go. <laughs> but that's, this is a great part about this is that students have a voice in their education. So um, teachers find us in a lot of different ways. We love it when people that work with us now, when someone they know comes and works with us. Mm-hmm. We love that. One of the best things that ever happened in my life is when one of my former students came to work for us. Oh. Oh. It was the best. She's so brilliant. And um, she's an, now she's an epidemiologist and oh, oh my she's gosh. brilliant. She's doing all this work in Africa. So we're just we're so proud of our students. And uh, some of them we want to come back and work for us. But sure. a lot of people just hear about us because we're sort of that strange one on one school and they want to be a part of something different that really, you know, where they can make a difference. Well, and connection is so key. It's 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 this reason that I have that question in what I call the speed round at the beginning of the episode where I say, you know, what's something that is different and unique about you, the the quirk, because weirdly that's something that people are going to kind of cling on to that. It's like, really? Like, what's it like doing that or whatever? That's the thing that very often you take away. So when you're instructors, yes, you want to make sure that they can have, um, can relate to the kids, but you know, maybe it's the, that quirky piece that they understand music or, you know, they can appreciate the, you know, you're a snowboarder and, you know, it's like they've actually been snowboarding and they can teach math. And so the fact that you can customize that and recognize that. We, so teachers here have to be very mindful of two things. One, what is going on in the districts? A lot of our students are just taking one class. They might be taking a full load at a local uh, high school in just that one class with us or two classes. So our instructors need to know what's going on in the district because our students are going back to the district for the next level. Mm-hmm. So if they are taking geometry with us, well, the student better be ready for Algebra 2. So we're very mindful of what that particular district is doing for Algebra 2 because different districts do actually do slightly different things depending on the class. Um, And then on the other is they have to learn their student. So I tell our instructors, the student's job is the content and your job is the student. So it's, um, you know, some of our newer instructors, we, we, it takes them a little while to, to be complete experts on the curriculum and then really to have be progressing towards being experts about their student. Sure. I would imagine I would imagine that with the kids and the the teachers becoming experts with the kids like that, that, you know, as you say, that does take time and the content itself, it's like, yeah, yeah, I trust that you're going to be able to figure that out. And that, that one-on-one relationship is the piece that is so much more important. And that must be a hard thing to, you know, how do you go through a job interview and figure that out? You know, there's a bit of intuition and gut level, like, 
okay, we're going to give this a try and we're going to see what happens. Absolutely. So when we bring somebody on, we have a, well, I have an amazing sense, honestly, I'm really good at this. You are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I don't take anything for granted though. So all of our instructors take placement tests. They have an extensive application and references. Um, they have to do demo of how they instruct. They go through tons of training before they ever meet a student. They have background checks. Um, all of this stuff happens. And then ultimately, oh, we also have them do observations. They watch quite a few uh, tutoring or credit class lessons to just see what does it look like. And then uh, we find out from a family, did how did it go? Yeah, sure. And so right there, that's the proving behavior. Um, but there's we are feeling pretty confident because they have just gone through such a rigorous program to get where they are. So... I want to make sure that people know that, as you said, in addition to there are some people that are choosing to graduate from Pacific Learning Academy. Mm -hmm. And so they're doing the full thing. There are other people that are uh, maybe taking one class because it's a difficult class. So uh, somebody who takes one class with us is eligible to graduate with us. So sometime their freshman year, they take algebra one. They completely ignore us for four years. And then they decide that they don't want to do state testing. They just transfer all their credits to us and we give them a diploma. So I wow. just want to be clear about that. You have to take one class with us to be eligible for our uh, diploma. Obviously, you have to be able to check off all of the requirements, the class requirements. But if you can, you can graduate through us. That's amazing. So you don't have to decide until, you know, basically June 1st of your senior year. Wow. So... Great. Okay. Sorry. So in a, no, that's no, that was that's good to know because I mean, first of all, it's going to be much easier to get your picture taken than on the jumbotron. So there's that. I'm all about attention, and so I want people to understand that they can take one class or grade retention if they're having you know they fail algebra two. I'm asking for a friend <laughs> and you know they need to retake it or something like that then they can do that with you as well they can with grade replacement so just something to um, to know about that a lot of students have if you get a c minus if you get a c minus or below um, you can retake that class and kind of replace your gpa so in all school districts that's true if you do it within the school district mm -hmm. but each individual district has rules around what they call an outside credit. And that's us, because we're not in the district, we're out of the district. Right. So Issaquah, for example, um, says, yeah, you go take that Algebra two class and you get an A, that's great. We're gonna put it on our transcript as a transfer credit, mm -hmm. and but we're not going to change the original GPA. So that can be upsetting for a student who's gone through all that work, but I would like to remind families that high school, uh, the high school transcript itself does not matter as much as what the college does. And universities, colleges will look at what has been done and they reconfigure GPAs. Yep. So just important thing to remember. Well, and I would also, as a parent that has a child that did do a grade replacement, I would also remind you to, that shows a level of dedication that you're going to go back and your student is willing to fix that. And, you know, kids do care about their grades and, you know, and they're learning the content. And so the fact yeah. that you're willing to go through that hell again. So can we just like talk about that? That's a thing. Um, Wait. What would you say is the class that most people are like, oh my gosh, I need help with this. What's your most like 
needed class. Hands down, Algebra 2 Chem. So Algebra 2 is the main the main just one. Devil spawn. And then just because a lot of students are taking chemistry that year as well. So I see Algebra 2 Chem. So a lot of our instructors can do Algebra 2 and chemistry <laughs> so they can help. Yeah. Actually, when I was teaching on my own back in 2004, I had this student who said, yeah, I think I'm good with the Spanish three stuff. Uh, but I had this question in my chemistry book. So you can imagine my eyes are big like saucers as he's pushing this textbook closer and closer to me. And that's when I hired my first person is because I maybe wasn't the best person for chemistry. And it has causing generations of issues. The thing that's so sad is that chemistry is amazing. It's really interesting. When I talk to my instructors about chemistry, I should have been a I should have been a chemistry major. It's so fascinating. But my experience was not a positive one. And that, you know, that stuck with me through adulthood. It goes back to what you told your student about Spanish. It's Mm -hmm. not that you hate the subject. It's that you hate the experience with the subject. Yeah. So before we finish up here, because we're running out of time, I want to talk about the COVID piece and the global pandemic of 2020 and how that has affected what you do. I'm almost embarrassed to say that it's barely affected us. And here's why. When you work with students one-on-one, and in January of 2020, you have snowstorms. At least I think it was January. It might have been. Yeah, this, this whole year has been like a fever <laughs> But you go, you go through snowstorms at the beginning of the year, and you say, oh, that's okay. Let's just meet via Zoom. And it works great. And we work out all the kinks and everybody's happy. Then we go back to one-on-one at kitchen tables, local libraries, the Pacific Learning Academy office. And then two months later, COVID-19 hits. Well, we all thought, I'm sure this will clear up by summer. Let's just do it by Zoom. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, know, I know it has been so difficult, so traumatizing for families, but I can tell you that Pacific Learning Academy is uniquely, um, we're made for this. I mean, absolutely, we can, we can do this. Oh, you're like, put me in coach. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and so many kids, my own included, that is, you know, sitting upstairs in our playroom slash office slash, you know, whatever. And he's quite literally rolling out of bed in the morning and, you know, pulling up to the computer and having to deal with school. And, you know, it's like, it's taking me back to Ferris Bueller. And it's Mm -hmm. like, anyone, anyone. Bueller. Right. Because the kids are not necessarily engaging. And the, and really what you offer is that opportunity to engage. And, you know, and they want to because it is a more intimate relationship with their education. I know that it's nobody's first choice to work online, remote. I'm so glad we have it. But it's nobody's first choice. But I have to tell you, one-on-one remote is a thousand times better than classroom re- remote as far as letting students just kind of have some a mental break from the the stress and mm-hmm. to be able to move forward. You know, each lesson with us, we cover the same material as three to four days at school. Wow. And so if you don't love a class, why would you want to take it until June? If you start with us in September and go twice a week, you'll be done by March. And we're rolling admissions. So you can start whenever you want. We have wow. a lot of second semester students. So it's that's and compelling. And right the there. learning is the learning is the same or deeper. So I love that. That's amazing. Okay. Um, since you're an educator, tell me, what did I forget to ask you? Besides 
now that everybody <laughs> absolutely wants to send themselves or their children, high school children, by the way, I'm trying to convince her to expand into middle school, but she's not there yet. Um, so besides the information on where to contact you, mm-hmm. what did I miss? Well, we actually do middle school. So we are six to 12th grade. So it might be new for you, but we've been doing that since 2004. So we are experts in every subject, all the content, six to 12th grade, all the major um, districts around here. We have students in four districts, seven private schools, and two or three countries at this point. I did not Um, know that. Yeah. And so middle school students are typically, they need a little help with one thing and executive functioning, (laughs) study skills. Oh, yes. So one thing that uh, we didn't talk about is what about the things that are not content related? So, hey, my my child understands Spanish. They just can't seem to turn the homework in. What do I do? So we do work with some of those uh, families as well. So study skills, planning, organization, um, you know, so those, it's it all comes with the package of learning to learn. Actually, I don't know why I didn't ask that question, because that is something that um, Charlie was helped with because Charlie could not organize his way out of a paper bag. And I know he's not listening to this podcast right now, so it's fine that I say that. (laughs) Um, So much that we could talk about and we could go on ad nauseum and we've run out of time. So how do people find out more about Pacific Learning Academy? How can they get in touch with you? The easiest way is probably to visit our website. We have one of those contact pages. I think it says, let's talk. (laughs) <laughs> uh, PacificLearningAcademy.com. You can also just call our office anytime and leave a, a voicemail, 425-562-3545, and someone will call you right back. You can also email, but I think the easiest way is probably just the website. That's what I did. Worked great. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you. I just, you know, obviously I love what you do. I'm a big fan of the smaller environment. I think it just breeds such respect for education. And I love even more that it is the brainchild of such a personal story for you. So thank you for being on Plateau Partners podcast. A lot of fun. Yay. I like when people think it's fun. And, um, you know, continue to listen to some more episodes where we're going to highlight more members of our BNI chapter and hear about them and their businesses. So stay tuned and listen to another episode. You'll love it. Mm-hmm.